Welcome to Simple Self-Care by Naturally Randy K, a podcast about creating healing practices that align with the natural rhythms of the season and your own inner wisdom. I created this podcast to show you that self-care is more than just a buzzword and a good intention. It's a way of being that can fit into your everyday life naturally, intentionally, and simply. Today on the podcast, I am revamping an episode I recorded over a year ago, I think, and it's in honor of World Mental Health Day that occurred last week. And I wanted to post something about it last week, so I went back to my self-care for mental health episodes to get inspiration and repost them. But as I re-listened to them, I had two reactions. One, this content was pretty darn good and important, and I want my newer listeners to hear it. And two, I've improved my recording quality and delivery since then, so I actually want to make it better. And I have some updated things to add to it. So I don't know. I figured I would just re-record it and make the two-part series I did into a much better, longer, just one episode for you, for your convenience in listening and for sharing. So that's where we're at today. I'm going to be taking this episode this week to talk about the timely and timeless topic of mental health, and I'll be sharing my personal journey and how I've turned my depression into a valuable part of myself. I've talked about it a little bit in recent episodes, but I go a lot more in depth with it. And I also want to break some of the stigma around mental health and also offer you some tips on how you can really help others. So if it's not as big of an issue for you or you're having a hard time relating to it, there are some things to consider and some things you can do, but then also how to help yourself, of course. So this is a big topic and I possibly can't cover it all here, nor am I professionally qualified to do so, but I can offer what I know, what I've learned, and hopefully sharing what I know can hold space for those that need it. And it really is good timing seasonally since we are heading into some of the colder and darker months and those tend to trigger some emotional and mental issues. So this can serve as maybe a preventative measure for you if you know that winter tends to be tough for you. So the topic of mental health and suicide prevention seems to be creeping in more and more into mainstream media. And as a whole, we are gaining a more personal connection to it with more people talking about it and unfortunately more tragedies happening. There are all sorts of stats out there, and if you want more stats, if that's your jam, just Google mental health stats, and there are countless articles. But one to note is that one in five adults have a mental health condition. That's over 40 million Americans, and only 56% of those Americans have access to professional treatment, and this is according to mentalhealthamerica.net. And these are just the numbers in America, but 
this really is a worldwide problem, and these numbers are increasing every year. But the statistic probably isn't that surprising. You can look at your own life, the people you know, the people you love, and even yourself. You can probably name quite a few that struggle with mental health through depression and or anxiety alone. And if it's not a diagnosed chronic condition, a lot of us go through periods of dealing with it on some level through different seasons of our life. I am someone who has dealt with depression and some anxiety for most of my life. Around ninth grade or so, I was starting to show some signs of clinical depression. It has been in my gene pool for generations and generations. And so when I started to show those signs, it was like I had been blessed with the royal birthmark. So I went to the doc and I took a 10 question assessment and apparently I got all of the questions right because I left with a diagnosis of depression and a prescription for Prozac. So along with all of the other regular teen angst, I now had this extra misunderstood angst to add to it all. Luckily, I had some wonderful parents (laughs) to put up with me and help me navigate that. But at that time, there wasn't as much knowledge and appreciation for a more holistic approach as there is now. So I can't be too mad about being labeled and medicated at such a young, impressionable age, but it did lead me to early on feeling broken and like I could never escape the doom and gloom I felt I was in. So I carried that label with me for a long time and I hid behind it. I used it as an excuse to nap all day and never take on too much responsibility And I was pretty much resigned to the notion that I would always feel this way, but I did my best and I had a lot of fun and adventures regardless. And I got by with a pretty good life, but it was always shrouded in the highs and lows of depression. But honestly, that just became the norm. It wasn't until I started having panic attacks, yay, in my early twenties that I really started to pay attention. I never really dealt with anxiety until some stressful situations triggered it. And after my first panic attack, I was truly scared for the first time. Those attacks would send me into depths of myself that I didn't know were there, and they would make me feel powerless and afraid. And if you've experienced it before, you know what I'm talking about. This anxiety started crippling me from doing the things I really cared about And I let it sabotage my education, my relationships, my goals in life. And after one of the darkest, scariest nights in the thick of a panic attack, I was luckily able to have the mental strength to know I really had to do something about this. Couldn't just get by in life with this. And if I wanted to do anything of substance in the world, I really had to look my mental health in the face and do some deep healing. It wasn't just a phase. It wasn't just teenage angst. It was a real thing. Up until that point, I had an on-again, off-again relationship with medication, but now it just had to be on, (laughs) and it had to be on without judgment or resentment, (sighs) which is hard. But I found a therapist that I believe was sent from heaven 
(laughs) And I also around that time was reunited with an old friend who also dealt with some depression. And she took me by the hand and showed me her magical world of holistic health. And that's when my real healing began. And over time, bit by bit, I learned how to embrace it, become friends with it, and use it as a warning sign that something is off and not that I'm at fault. My process of creating a healthy relationship with it is why I have anything to offer you today. It's how I came to really understand the power of self-care and self-care has been the key in knowing how to heal and manage this part of me to use my super emotional powers for good. So it's been over 13 years since I had that life-altering healing journey phase, and it would take me many moons to share with you all that I've experienced in that time. But I do want to share with you a few important things of what I've learned about tending to your mental health on a daily basis and how you can equip yourself to brave your own wilderness in your own way. And if you don't struggle with mental health, Keep listening because I'm going to end this episode with sharing how you can hold space and show up for others. But for now, I've got seven key points that I want to share with you to help you navigate where you're at and provide some things you can to support your journey. So number one, give your depression a hug for you. This might not be depression exactly, but fill in the blank with whatever applies. But the point is that the first step to healing this part of you is to find a way to love it and become friends with it. I know that sounds weird, but one of the most empowering moments for me was when I realized with the help of wonderful therapy, that depression wasn't who I was. It was something that was just a part of me. I got depressed from time to time. I had anxiety from time to time. And though sometimes it was overpowering, it wasn't who I was at the core, and it didn't have to navigate my entire being. When I was able to get outside of my depression and embrace it like an old friend, it shifted something. It shifted how I approached it and when it would creep in, and it was like, okay, something is up, let's talk about this instead of this doom and gloom, self-defeating personality flaw that I could never escape. And from that more open space, I was able to learn from it more, which brings me to my next point. Number two, learn what it's trying to tell you. What I've learned over the years of being a body worker is that the body is constantly trying to communicate with you. All of its aches and pains is a loving warning sign that something is off. The body does commonly communicate with physical pain, but it also communicates with mental and emotional pain. Depression and anxiety are signs that something is off. A chemical imbalance, life stress, living outside of alignment with your personal truth, old patterns that no longer serve you, you get the idea. So when you can, approach the creeping in of these feelings to be a warning sign and get curious with why it's happening. Give it a hug and ask, why are you here? What is off? And this is partly why having a self-care practice is so important. It provides the space for you to communicate with yourself in this way, because it is darn near impossible to do it when you are racing around trying to distract yourself or being distracted by the regular pace of life. 
When you take the time to journal, meditate, go to therapy, take a bath, garden, whatever it looks like for you, then this is when you can have these important conversations with yourself and have a sense of how you are doing on a day-to-day basis. Number three, get to know your triggers. This one's pretty self-explanatory, but once you are more in tune with how you are doing and more familiar with the ebbs and flows of your mental health, you can start to see patterns. You can start to notice certain foods, situations, habits, life paces that create the perfect storm for distress. Once you learn the common triggers in your life, you can structure it in a way that reduces those triggers. So pro tip here, revolve your self-care practices around avoiding and easing your triggers. Eh? This can help prevent some unneeded stress for you, and you don't have to stay here revolving everything around your triggers, but it can be a good starting point. Number four, use medication wisely. Using medication for mental health issues can be an incredible tool. There is a lot of negative stigma about medication. We judge ourselves for needing it and feel it is a personal weakness to use it. And I found that it's also pretty frowned upon in the holistic healing world. So I did spend quite a bit of time feeling guilty and weird about using it, but it has played an important role in my healing. I believe that medication should be used as a piece of the healing pie and not the whole pie. Too often people take medication and expect it to be the end all be all of their problems, but in reality, it is only the beginning step. It can level the playing field in the brain so you can start thinking clearly and have the energy and the clarity to do the deeper work. I use medication when I need that extra help. I work with my doctor who I've made sure shares my approach to mental health. And then I use it as I figure out why my depression is acting up and while I make some changes. And I've gotten to the point where I can wean off of it when I'm ready, usually with the help of a healthy diet, herbs, and increased exercise. For more on the topic of some alternatives to do instead of medication, check out episode 3.8, Overcoming Addiction and Depression with Rinda Laurel. And we share some resources for you on that topic. And she shares her powerful story of how she went about it. And I'm hoping to do some episodes in the future, more on some alternatives, but please be gentle with yourself on the topic of medication and know that if that's where you're at right now, that's okay. It is true that we are overly medicated. It is true that the use of medications can have very negative effects that can sometimes be fatal. It is true that most people use it as a band-aid and they keep increasing their dosage without doing the extra work. And I don't support medications being abused in this way, but I am so grateful to have it as a tool in my tool belt and that they can be a resource if used wisely. And let me repeat, there is no shame for choosing that route for your own healing. There are alternative ways to care for your mental health, yes, but you have to be willing to do the hard, hard work that usually involves major lifestyle changes and some kind of therapy. And if you are on medication and you want to stop using them, please, oh please, do not stop using them cold turkey. Do not stop using them if you are going through a major transition or are in a stressful season. 
Only go off of them while working with a medical professional and when you feel you are at your healthiest. From my own experience, I will say that my medication didn't really work until I combined it with holistic approaches and lifestyle changes. And I've had times where my usual healthy lifestyle and self-care routines weren't enough. So I brought in medication, but it all needs to work together. It isn't an either or option. Number five, follow your own healing path. A lot of people ask me exactly what I did to get where I am with my depression. And while I could share the exact books I read, therapies I tried, people I went to for help, I know that that specific recipe wouldn't necessarily work for anyone else. It worked for me because I followed my own nudges and my own intuition. Certain opportunities and events crossed my path, and I followed that feeling inside that attracted me to it. You have your own wise inner voice that can lead you, and it's trying to lead you. You just need to pay attention. Perhaps that inner voice led you to be listening to this podcast right now, but don't be afraid to find the stillness and to listen. Even in your darkest times, it is there to guide you. Be open to what healing will look like for your unique journey and say yes to what you hear. Number six, don't underestimate the small and simple habits. I talk about the power of small and simple constantly, and I feel like a broken record, but I want to reiterate it here. I know it's tempting to want to do some huge grand thing that will cure you, but truthfully, there is more magic in your daily habits. Keep your self-care practice close, and if you are unsure of what that can look like, please continue to listen to these past episodes. Please continue to listen to this podcast because I blab on about it all the time. Or if you want some one-on-one help, I do have some mentoring programs, so I could be a resource for you in that way. But I suggest to have one non-negotiable thing that you do every day, something that you do on your good days, like a yoga practice or journaling or something, and have something you do on your down days, like showering. (laughs) Yes, some days just showering is a huge victory. So good job. (laughs) But trust that the small things are not only more doable, but also more effective over time. And lastly, number seven, develop a checkpoint system. Over the years, I've been able to develop a little system to see where I'm at with the severity of my depression. When I start to feel a funk, that's what I call my depression moments. When I feel a funk coming on or I'm having a really anxious time, first I check and see if my basic needs are met. Is the house clean? Is it clear of clutter? Are my bills paid? Are outstanding expectations met? If I clear up those things and I'm still feeling funky, then I move on to my next checkpoint. How's my diet? Am I eating optimally? Am I moving therapeutically and regularly? These two things can make a huge difference. So after I step these things up for a week or two and I'm still feeling it, then I call in the old therapist. I work with her for a bit, and if it still hasn't changed, then that's when I meet with my doctor about medication or some other type of support. And then the combination of all those things have always done it for me. I have found those checkpoints to be really, really 
helpful. It gives me specific actions to take based on my triggers, and it keeps me from just sitting and stewing and feeling overwhelmed and hopeless. So maybe you can follow my model or maybe you need to modify it, but give it a whirl and see if it helps. And I'll provide a little worksheet for you in the show notes so you could maybe come up with your own model. Okay, let's check in. Let's take a deep breath. How are you feeling? Okay, that may have been a lot. Can stir up some feels, but slow and steady. There's no timeline for healing on this level. And hopefully some things resonated with you that you might want to start experimenting with. Now, on to how you can help. If you're in a pretty good spot and want to show up for other people, or you have some loved ones in your life that could really use some support and you just don't know what to do. So the first thing to understand is that there is no way to truly understand what someone is going through in general, but especially with mental health. But there are some things that might help you to have some more compassion and understanding of what could be helpful for your loved ones as they are going through it. So first know that someone who has a mental illness is never really cured. At least I've never experienced it or seen it. If it's something that people are susceptible to, it's always going to be something that has to be maintained and monitored. I've had periods of my life where I've more or less forgotten that it's something that I had because I was doing so well. This is thanks to my self-care and my efforts in healing some deep issues, but life is life and during my stressful times, it can creep in. I used to get really bummed out when I would get in another funk, but after I accepted the fact that it's something that always has the potential to resurface, it stopped me from being so devastated and I could just deal with it how I deal with it and move through it. Something I hear quite a lot when someone commits suicide or all of a sudden is really, really struggling, they'll say something like, but they were doing so well. How could they do this? How could they be feeling this way? And there's not an easy response to this. And it can be really baffling. But speaking from experience, doing really well is a lot of work for someone with a mental illness. It takes a lot of time and attention and willpower and energy to get to a point where you're functioning well. It can feel like there's a lot of pressure to maintain a certain level of doing well, and you don't want people to worry about you. You want to pull your weight at work. You want to please your significant other, etc. And that pressure and constant effort can sometimes snap a person. I've had some of my most challenging times when I seem to be doing really well. So just because someone seems like they are doing well or doing better doesn't mean they are, at least not entirely. A lot, if not most, people suffer in silence. They don't want to be a burden. They don't think anyone understands. They don't want people to see this side of them. So it's extra important to make sure that you are taking the time to really check in with a person. Continue to show up for them on some level and know that constant care means more to them than you can even know and more than they would ever communicate to you. Another thing to consider 
is that a certain recipe of life situations, triggers, substance abuse, and medication can have very sad consequences. They really might be doing well, but if the perfect storm happens, it can be fatal. If you've never struggled with mental illness, it might never make sense to you, but just know that it can always be a part of a person. It can always be something they are prone to, and your love and consideration for them will always be important. Which brings me to my next point. Truly be a safe space and bring them in. This might push a few buttons, but posting a thoughtful post with the suicide hotline is a start and a nice gesture. And okay, maybe it might be what that person needs. You never know. But generally, it will hardly make a dent in improving the situation. With most people in the thick of it, seeking help on their own is the absolute hardest thing to do. The idea of reaching out is literally paralyzing, and a lot of people feel like nothing will help anyway. So this is the time where it takes a village. And if I didn't have the support system I have and had in my worst times, I would not be here delivering this podcast to you today. And most of the time, they initiated being there for me. They called when they thought of me. They checked in if it had been a while. And they always made sure I felt loved, even if I rejected it. And I definitely did sometimes. But they are the ones who are still keeping me going today. I've gotten to a point of trust with my peeps that I definitely reach out when I need it. But it takes a lot to get to that point. So take the time to be that space. Show up, reach out, initiate Share your love no matter what and bring people in. Don't offer a hotline, offer your heart as much as you can. And the last point I'll make here is that mental illness is a real illness. It's not just some crazy talk in your head that you can get rid of by willing it away. Now, there are various schools of thought of where mental illness comes from and what it is and what's going on internally, but the bottom line is that it's real. So no matter how it's caused, it's an imbalance manifesting in the body and it can creep in and become such a part of that person's reality that it's hard to identify and recognize, but it's a real illness and it needs to be considered as such. And since there are so many factors, it needs to be addressed holistically, not just medicated. And we need to stop being surprised that it's an issue and proactively be addressing it. And the healthier you are, no matter what ails you, the more you can help others, the more you can be that space holder and the world needs you to be that more than ever. And honestly, it's a big motivator for me showing up for you on this podcast and for my clients is a big reason why I do the hard work and continue to stay on top of my mental health. I need it. You need it. We all need it. (laughs) So to me, it's worth it. It's worth the work. And so if you are doing pretty well these days, don't forget how far you've come and that you can be a very strong force for good. Be aware of your boundaries and triggers. I sometimes need to back away from conversations or some days I really can't be that space holder. But again, get to know yourself, work with what you can do but it really will help. 
and you can be strong for others. And if you are in the thick of it right now, I personally want you to know that you are not alone. You are not broken. It's not some character flaw or something to be ashamed of. It's not something to not ever admit or talk about. You are okay. There is support. There are options for you. And you will not feel this way forever. I promise. Okay. Let's take another deep breath, huh? (sighs) I know that this is a tough one. (laughs) It's a tough one to talk about and think about. But I would really like to hear back from you on this one. What did you find helpful? What follow-up questions might you have? How else can I support you? I really, really want to hear from you. And I do have a little worksheet for you, like I mentioned on the show notes page for you to download for free to make your own mental health checklist reference. So go to naturallyrandyk.com slash podcast for that. That's naturally, R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y.com slash podcast. And you can let me know your thoughts and feelings about today's episode by tagging me on social media, or you can reach out to me on my website or my Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, Naturally Randy K. You can also join my Facebook group called The Simple Self-Care Circle. It's an extension of this podcast community, so it's a way for you guys to relate to each other. And we can keep today's conversation going over there. If you'd like, just search Simple Self-Care Circle over on Facebook and ask to join. It's a great way to relate and be in community. Or you can become part of the Patreon supporter community, which is new and exciting and has been super awesome to connect with everyone on there. And for this podcast, we will have a special Ask Me Anything discussion over there on today's topic. And Patreon is a way for this podcast to stay as sponsor-free as possible and a way for you to get some extra content and support from me. So starting at just $2 a month, you will get access to the extra content I make for each episode. So that's anything from instructional videos to workbooks to special offerings from guests to bonus content from my interviews. There is a $5 option as well, where you will get my simple self-care masterclass for free. That's a $97 value. So your support will help me pay for the production costs so I can keep this podcast consistent and of high value and keep me in a good mental health space. So head over to patreon.com slash simple self-care to join in today. And I really look forward to connecting with you, hearing from you, seeing your faces really brings a lot of joy into my life. (laughs) You know, I just sit here at home in front of a microphone, hoping for the best. (laughs) So when I hear from you, it really makes a big difference and they're always really fun exchanges. So please don't be a stranger and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Randy Kay, a holistic wellness practitioner and educator. Through my online resources and one-on-one mentoring programs, I teach women holistic ways to tune into their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. And until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.